0: Original content, compelling discussions, audio on demand. This is a Podcast 225 production. The issues. What's going on now? What's happening in the state? The people.
1: Carl Dabity. We've got Michael Shingle, Taylor Moore, Jay Darden. Congressman Garrett Gray. Richard Condon. He is Ryan Clark. Sharon Weston-Broom.
0: The podcast. And we're going to talk about that. This is The Clay Young Show
1: back again, almost like I never left, with another edition of the Clay Young Show here on Podcast 225.com on the Apple Podcast app and as you now know, the iHeart Media app. You can get all of our shows in the iHeart app. Everything is archived, everything you get on the Apple device. And for those of you out there who don't have Apple phones, you can just listen to the show on the podcast app, but we are also working on the Google Play apparatus so you can get the show there as well. So working on it for you. Thank you for being back with us again. Uh, Today is a show created out of recent news. Obviously, there was going to be a show this week. There likely will be another one later this week. But the governor of the state of Louisiana has issued a stay-at-home order that, as we record this, starts later today. And so... I wanted to bring local officials in to talk about that. And we are set to talk, or we were set to talk with the mayor president, the police chief, and the sheriff. Well, I just recently learned the mayor won't be able to join us today because of another conflict, and she's got her hands full with a lot of things right now. And so. We're going to talk with the police chief and the sheriff about this. Dr. Chastain, Curtis Chastain, was going to be back with us again. He had some things shift around as a result of what's happening with COVID-19. And so he won't make it, but we will do something with him as well, because the feedback I got about everyone, including him and in case as it relates to the media, the media, the medical part of this, especially him, it was great. So we'll get him back in now. As you're listening to this episode of the Clay Young Show, part of this show is going to be streamed on social media. So, as we get into the discussion with the chief and the sheriff, that will be streamed on Facebook Live. Now, this version, episode 235, as you're hearing it, uh, you know a lot of the conversation and some of the questions we're getting. You, you, you'll understand it when you're listening to it. This is the first facebook live stream i have done for me most i just it hadn't really been my thing and hadn't really had anything i've wanted to talk about but this has come along and has given me the impetus to say okay let's let's bring these guys in and a lot of people are on social media getting information and my attitude is well why not let you get information from the sources the authorities who have the real information okay So the police chief and the sheriff will be here in studio if you're listening to this after the fact, or if you're listening to this now and you didn't know there was a stream, there should be on, at least on Facebook, accompanied with the post about this show, the actual video of that conversation. But if for whatever reason you could not hear or something with the audio, this audio version will be as jacked up in quality as we hope that our shows are when you listen to the podcast 225 Shows. And so thank you for that. And with that, let's ask the police chief and then the sheriff about what's happening in the aftermath of the governor's press conference about the stay at home order.
0: Podcast225.com. Promote your business or organization on Podcast225.com.
2: Podcast225.com is quickly becoming a weekly tradition for Louisiana listeners. Every month, thousands hear the weekly Clay Young Show. Every week, Clay sits with some of the state's most fascinating and entertaining people. Posting your company's logo on the podcast 225.com website or having a professionally produced commercial air on the Clay Young show is a great way to access a loyal and informed audience. Get more information by calling
0: 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550. The only interactive podcast in the capital city that lets you help solve a crime. There was a shooting.
3: Okay, someone shot. Yes, yeah, someone is shot.
0: The Crime Stoppers podcast with Clay Young.
3: Just some Suspicious people running through the parking lot before.
0: Real stories. It
3: was my first love.
0: Real crimes. Real people. Real justice. The Crime Stoppers Podcast with Clay Young, exclusively at podcast225.com. This is The Clay Young Show.
1: All right, back with Baton Rouge Police Chief Murphy Paul, and uh, we are recording a. an interview here that is also going to be streamed on social media be coming up any second now talking about COVID 19 and the latest of what's happening with it and uh chief when we initially started talking about doing this the mayor was going to be here with us and she uh has had to needed to reschedule because some of the information is coming out now and um And we've had our first fatality here in Baton Rouge as a result of COVID-19. And, you know, that information is now out there. And, man, since we spoke Friday, the governor has had a press conference. Yes, sir. And lots of things have changed from then. And just letting people know, if you are viewing this on social media, you can share it. So others can see it. And then we're going to start taking questions from people uh, as as soon as we've got enough people who are in the area asking questions. And when you are seeing this, there is a bit of a a delay. So as people are coming in to um, to watch this, let's start with where we were going into the weekend and then move to now as people are still coming in to watch
4: this. Yes, sir. Well, you know, it's important. You know, we talked about this is unprecedented times mm-hmm. and that uh, it changes every day. Mm-hmm. We are learning as we go. Uh, that's why we're very cautious when we're speaking, when numbers are presented, that it is important for us to make the public aware that those procedures, those, uh, the data that's put out there can change. Mm-hmm. And it's changing as you and I speak right now. Yeah. Uh, so when, The governor uh, entered uh, his proclamation uh, directing us to uh, um, stay at home, the stay-at-home order for the state. uh, It's important for us to make sure that there's compliance Mm -hmm. uh, from the community, that we're doing our part as responsible individuals. Yeah. Um, Those numbers uh, will continue to rise. We are uh, doing a much better job of getting those in the community tested. Yeah. And as those tests uh, continues to increase, yeah. we are going to see an increase in the numbers because we are doing a much, much better job with the testing process. Right.
1: So we talked about this yep. last week, mm-hmm. and one of the things that we are seeing now mm-hmm. is the numbers are increasing exponentially. Mm -hmm. But that is largely because we are testing now in ways that we were not testing a week ago, correct? That is correct. And so when people see the spike in number, when people see the number of cases go up, they shouldn't be overly alarmed because that's a reflection of us having better data as to who has the virus. That is correct. And what are the conversations you are having with the governor's office and others about COVID-19? Well, it, it, or, it, or the city is having, I should say.
4: Well, actually, I think it's. Uh, I think if you if you listen to the governor, it's it's not just about the city. It's uh, it's uh, statewide. Yeah. And it's social distancing. Yeah. It's uh, you know practicing personal hygiene, making sure that we wash our hands, right. and now making sure that we stay home. Right. And look, this these two weeks are very very critical in flattening that curve. Yeah. And if we listen to the experts. Yeah. If we follow those directives, yeah, uh, I think we can get through this. And that's why it was important for the governor to uh, put the stay-at-home order. It's important for us as, as uh, law enforcement officers to make sure that we are uh, uh, pushing that message out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, all elected officials, all leaders. I mean, this is something that we're hearing. Uh, it's not just the governor. It's our yeah. mayor. It's our president. And we are all... Uh, speaking the same language when it comes to social distancing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have to get particularly young folks to yeah. understand why this is so important. You know, last time we were here, we talked about our young and vibrant uh, younger generation. Yeah. And how they may not necessarily think this is a big deal. Yeah. but it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it's important that they understand it may not necessarily be about them as individuals, because, sure, they can probably get through it. But it's about their mothers, their Mm. grandmothers, their aunts, their uncles, their neighbors, those family members who have underlying health issues uh, that makes them vulnerable. And we have to understand that as a community. And I think what we're starting to see now with the messaging piece, uh, that this is going to happen at a local level. Yeah, it's going to happen at the local level through uh, coordination from yeah. the state level, but yeah. with support at that federal level.
1: So it's something that we want to do, and if you're watching this live right now on Facebook... We want to be able to answer some questions. The chief is here, and and from a law enforcement standpoint, and based upon the best available information, he can speak to some of the concerns that are out there. Mm -hmm. We talked about this last week, that there has been panic and misinformation, and they have fed one another, you know, almost in a symbiotic way. And what we wanted to do, so you can go into the comment section and begin to uh, ask questions, and then we will address the questions as best we can, and the chief will, will speak to that. One of, the, one of the first things that we have seen, and again, we're asking you to share the video so we can get as many people as possible in here to, uh, to, to view this. One of the things that people have asked is based upon the governor's order yesterday,
3: mm-hmm.
1: what does it mean for law enforcement? What is the law enforcement aspect of of what this new normal is?
4: Well, well, you know, it's important for us to uh, make sure that we're doing our part to make sure that we have compliance at the community level. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, we see that in New Orleans. We see that here. We have to change uh, how we uh, 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 police a little different. Mm -hmm. Uh, First of all, we have been very responsible Uh, Particularly in Baton Rouge uh, and and, and, and the East Baton Rouge, and doing our part so that we can be a responsible agency uh, with the social distancing uh, recommendations, while at the same time policing. Right. Um, So we have to continue to do that. So when we receive information, or when we see. Uh, uh, individuals or groups of individuals meeting that are in clear violation of the directive that was issued uh, by our uh, governor, mm-hmm. it is our responsibility to try to get compliance uh, from those uh, individuals in uh, you know the best way that we can, and we're doing that. But I think the biggest piece of that is making sure that we push that information. I think, uh, you know, I can't say enough about the mayor uh, and how she's got out in front of that, uh, you know, with meeting with our faith based community uh, prior to these artists coming out, right. Meeting with our business community prior to these uh, uh, proclamations. So getting out in front of it, uh, paying attention, not only what's going on around the country, but around the world and make sure that we do our part with awareness and education, and, and trying to get our first responders, uh, the, the the PPE, the, uh, the personal protection equipment that they need. Right. And and we're doing that. There's still some work that needs to be done on that part, uh, but we see progress. So it's important for us to make sure that we are following uh, the lead of the governor uh, and that as law enforcement and first responders, that we are doing our part to make sure that, that this community
1: gets compliance. So here's the yep. the two word phrase that's been batted around even after we talked martial law this isn't martial law no. explain to the public why this is not martial law why at five o'clock today this won't be martial law
4: well because it's a stay-at-home order and i, and I think the, the the governor did a, a, a good job in articulating uh, what that is uh, there's a lot of correspondence out there uh that is based on facts and not fiction. And I Mm -hmm. think it's important for your listeners to go to those credible sources. Uh, you can go to the governor's website. You can go to the Louisiana, uh, department of, um, 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 uh, well, you can go to ours. You yeah. can go to, to uh, BRLA.gov, uh, uh, yeah. uh, Coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, you can go there, uh, Red Stick Ready. Uh, you can follow the mayor. She's been doing a great job of mm-hmm. pushing information out there real time yeah. as information comes. So there's a lot of information. So first of all, get your information from a credible source, yeah. right? CDC uh, has been putting out a lot of information, but the governor's office has. And this, look, here it is. You can still go to the grocery store. Uh, um, uh, convenience stores, uh, warehouse stores. Uh, You can go to the pharmacy to pick up uh, your medication, or you can go uh, uh, for other health care necessities. You can go to medical appointments. You need to check with your doctor or provider first prior to doing that. And you can still go to restaurants for takeout, a Mm -hmm. delivery, a drive-through. You can care for or support a friend or family member. Uh, you can take a walk, ride your bike, hike, jog, and be in the nature of exercise. Just keep at least six feet between you and others. Exercising at social distancing is so important. Uh, help someone to get necessary supplies. You can do that as well. And you can also receive deliveries uh, from any business which delivers to your house. So that is uh, what you can do. But, of course, you know the orders require some businesses to close. Yep. Uh, And we have to do this. And what the community has to understand is that this is for the entire, not only community, not Mm -hmm. only state, but the country as a whole. Yeah. Uh, This is a public health issue. Yeah. And once we flatten that curve and we start to see those numbers go down. Right. Then we get to begin to start to see some type of normalcy in how we are used to living as Americans.
1: So I got a question uh, from Reginald asking why are churches allowed to have more than 10 people in one place? And Reginald may be referencing that news story about, and the sheriff is going to be here yep. in a bit. And he's asking about, I'm sure the story just outside of the city limits with the church that had yep. what appeared to be hundreds of people there. What about that?
4: Uh, so they should not be. Uh, that, that, that there is no um, exemption uh, in, in the directive uh, that was given by the governor. And, and we hope that, uh, uh, like most, and look, m- most uh, faith-based organizations are following that directive. In fact, this weekend, I, I attended uh, two churches online, two local churches in Baton Rouge uh, that I got to sit down with my family and listen to. Um, so we know that uh, our leaders in the faith-based community are paying attention. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we've done is uh, my, uh, the Baton Rouge Police Department, the Sheriff Department. Uh, the uh, uh, fire department of Baton Rouge and also uh, ABC in, in the city. We are uh, put together. Uh, in fact, uh, we should have that uh, procedure in place uh, before close of business today uh, with the personnel, a, a group, a team to respond to uh, those calls where someone is not in compliance. So take a more uh, a group effort. Uh, so you got regulatory. Yeah. You have law enforcement. Yeah. And uh, trying to get compliance uh, from um, persons and our businesses.
1: So you said to me before we started recording, because I was asking you, how does law enforcement enforce the ten people, the maximum ten people number? Like you know, if 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 people are having a barbecue, or if they're inside of their home, or if if they're meeting in an office or something, how do you how do you enforce that? And what did you say? Well, by having conversations,
4: I mean, and look, most people will comply. Uh, Look, we, when we send out our officers and we educate uh, the public on their responsibility, the reality is, uh, most people will comply. Yeah, we've had incidents uh, since the first. uh, um a proclamation was was issued yeah. where where we've uh, had conversations uh, with someone who organized a event that was in violation of that uh, a 50 person uh, uh rule by a long and, uh, way by a long way and they listened yeah. it, it took us a little while to get to the right person yeah. uh but we had those conversations uh and we were able to break up that gathering mm-hmm. Uh, once we sit down and had a heart-to-heart conversation. And I think that's what's going to happen uh, in most of these situations. But, and, and, you know, back to the question is, no, there isn't an exemption, and the, the, that person, uh, there is a concern about that because we know the cases are increasing. yeah, um, and, and we're going to uh, continue to take those uh, calls from the public and, and dispatch uh, this group of individuals. Uh, to go and try to convince uh, these business owners and leaders to do the right thing.
1: So, Joanna is asking, she says, I'm concerned about my grandmother. She is in a retirement home and we haven't been able to see her. What precautions are being taken for the elderly? How can we uh, assure they are properly being taken care of since we can't see them? And if everyone's aware most of the public is being told to distance themselves right. from the elderly among us. Correct. But that's a legitimate question it is. and it's, it's on the medical side too. But from your standpoint, you're having the, you're in the loop on all this stuff. Well,
4: yeah. And look, that's from your, that's for you, for your uh, loved ones protection. Let's just be clear about that. That's why they're asking that. I can tell you, uh, I sat on a conference call today, uh, Every day, our mayor organizes a conference call with all local leaders, uh, elected officials, where we talk about, uh, uh, you know, what's going on as it relates to this current threat, and it mm-hmm. changes. But which the question she just asked comes up, and I can tell you, and I can assure you, that the governor, uh, uh, the experts at uh, uh, in, in, in our state at the local level, uh, have a plan in place uh, to protect uh, the elderly uh, in those uh, uh, nursing homes. And that if there's any resources that needs to be given, they are taking priority uh, with that. Um, we know what's going on in New Orleans and as well as here. And I assure you that the professionals, uh, health care providers that are involved in this are doing everything within their power. Uh, to stop the spread and give those individuals uh, uh, the, the 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 proper care and treatment that they need
1: someone is asking about protective gear what yep. protective gear or measures are being used to protect the health and well-being of each first responder as it relates to your department what are you doing because your officers are still interacting with people every day
4: that is correct so so far in Baton Rouge we've uh, we've uh so so there's we started ordering equipment when we first realized this threat was going on I know we've uh, just in Baton Rouge over 200 with our department over 240 uh, uh, Lysol cans have been uh, pushed out, 735 gloves. Uh, We got over 2,000 cases, Uh, 2,000 hand sanitizers. We've given out over 600 Uh, dust masks or masks. We've given out over 600, 2,000 in order, Uh, 305 uh, Clorox Lysol wipes, uh, uh, cans, Uh, 120 gallons of bleach. Uh, we put together about 191 uh, spray bottles. Uh, some more order so uh, that we can have a spray uh, of that uh, with the Lysol to make sure that we are disinfecting uh, our vehicles before and after. But we still need more. Uh, we are also ordering uh, through uh, MoSEP um, um, and, and through the GoSEP office. There's um, 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 there's masks. There's more hand sanitizers, Lysol, gloves. And other protection gear. Uh, One of the things that we have done is uh, through our hazmat. I'm not sure if you're familiar with. uh, We have a hazardous material uh, division within the Baton Rouge Police Department that responds to hazardous incidents. Uh, We've taken uh, some of the uh, personal protection equipment from them and put it uh, and reassigned it to specialized units that will be responding uh, to calls for services where we know there is a known case Mm -hmm. of uh, COVID 19 at that particular address so that we can protect our first responders. Another thing we're doing is we're being a little more um, um, strategic in, in how we approach. It's going to be more questions asked when you call 911. It's going to be uh, more distancing and questions asked as a police officer responding to a call for service before yeah. he approaches you. So we're trying to do all of the necessary things uh, precautions and things to help keep our police officers
1: safe. James is asking: Is there a definitive list of a, a more definitive list of essential businesses? Says the current list from the governor is pretty vague. And I was watching the the press conference yesterday, and the governor talked about the kinds of businesses that are "quote unquote" essential. He talked about pharmacies. He talked about you know medical centers, hospitals, obviously grocery stores, places like that. But then at the end he mentioned that small businesses would be allowed to be open and would hope that they would have staffs of less than 10 people and would allow remote working for for teams of people and businesses. So it kind of opens up <laughs> what is essential and then what <laughs> what businesses will be allowed to function.
4: So, you know, if you go to the governor's website, if you look at that, they're going to be updating that uh, questions as it relates to what type of businesses. I thought he did a pretty good job of explaining that. Um, obviously, as more questions come, uh, those questions are presented and we'll put more correspondence out there. Uh, I don't want to speak directly uh, and say anything that would conflict against any directive uh That was given. But what I would tell your listeners on that is to stay updated and go to the websites.
1: So people are worried about whether or not. So we've gotten to this point. Well, let me ask it this way. Would you agree we have gotten to this point because compliance has not been overwhelmingly given by the public that there are people in areas who have not complied with some of the social distancing and and stay at home orders that have been given in respective cities around the state
4: i think that's a fair statement look i think uh look we we there's a few people who are not uh, uh taking these orders seriously yeah uh, i talked earlier about our younger generation uh and this is why we have to uh you know uh listen to this and, and pay attention to the stay at home order and follow this uh the directive because everybody isn't listening. Right. Uh and, and it's important. We will get through this. Yeah. We will get through this.
1: People are asking about National Guard. We talked about that yep. last Friday when we were here and there and there's a question about if if people don't listen, will the National Guard come in and enforce this? But there would have to be an order by the governor, like a hard order to stay at home instead of what basically was a suggestion yesterday. Is yeah, that correct? So,
4: so here's, and, and this is we talk about the information. You know, there's so much information and people are, are coming up with their own reasons. Look, uh, there are no plans for martial law in this state at this time. If you see the National Guard movement, it is to get supplies it is uh, to 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 bring and help build medical facilities or support medical facilities. That's why the guard is down here. Uh, those orders went out uh, about when when this threat was was coming in the early stages. So you're starting to see that support, that coordination at the state level, helping support uh, the parishes, uh, mm-hmm. the cities like Baton Rouge. So that's what you see when you see movement of uh, national guardsmen. Okay. Um, we don't need to overreact with that. Yeah. Um, just listen to our leaders. Uh, I understand the anxiety and the fear that's going on. Uh, on my way here, I received uh, two calls. Yeah. Two calls. Someone asking me what type of gun to purchase because someone in their family called them and told them to purchase a gun. Listen. We don't need more guns on the streets, okay? We don't need to go out there and buy all the bullets. I received the information uh, think we talked about that on a call today with our commanders. Uh, someone mentioned that uh, the, the, uh, the local um, gun shop, a gun store, and Academy Sports were selling out of bullets. That is the type of fear that we do not need in this community. We just need people to stay home. Yeah. We need people to listen to the stay at home mm-hmm. order. Yeah. We need people to uh, listen when our grocers and uh, the recommendation is you don't go and buy everything up at the grocery store Man. because the stores will still be open. You should shop for yeah. one week's worth of grocery and then right. go back another week instead of going and uh, purchasing everything up uh, so others cannot have. If we pay attention to the recommendations and the directives that are being given by our leaders. Right. We will get through this, but so, fear yeah. that's being a uh, spread on social media, that's being communicated from one friend or one family member to the other is not healthy. People have mm-hmm. enough to deal with. You know, we got people who worry about finances. Yeah. That's why it's so important for us to take advantage of some of the services that are being offered, uh, out there uh, mm-hmm. by uh, our healthcare professionals, because with this anxiety and fear, we know that sometimes people need help.
1: So you said earlier, because I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday about flattening the curve, mm-hmm. and they hear the the phrase "flatten the curve." Let's talk about what. So there is going to be a spike. in in the number of cases that we see because we're testing more now than we were more than a week ago.
4: Yeah, you're starting to see those results come in. That's why you had this spike uh, today.
1: So then how do you reconcile flattening the curve with the fact that we're going to see numbers increase because we're testing more people now than we were 10 days ago?
4: Well, I think it's I'm I'm trying to give you the best. And okay, if I have it, Right. Yeah. I'm not practicing social distancing. Right. right? And then I take it home and and I'm with my friends and then each one of those persons uh, uh, has it or spreads it to 10 more and 10 more and on and on and on. That's why the social distancing is so important. Even with those numbers, as we see those numbers go up because of the tests, Right. right? There's a known and we can get those individuals the help they need. But the social distancing shows us that, we're not spreading it at the rate that's going on. Right. Okay. So eventually that number will flatten and go down. Right. But social distancing is the key. Uh and and also the personal hygiene. We well, have to talk about that. And
1: people have been asking, when can they expect and it's I know it's a tough question, but when can they expect to hear about where the cur- curve is or when it should be flattening based upon all of the precautions that we're being asked to take as a, as yeah, a I, public.
4: I, I, I think pay attention. I think this is a very critical two week. You hear us talk about these these two weeks are, yeah. are really critical. Um this two week period uh once those numbers come excuse me come out, I think we'll start seeing more. And look, this is a this is what the community has to understand. Right. This changes. Yeah. There's research going on where we're hearing more. Right. Uh, And and it changes. And you see it at the state, federal, and local level. We have to be patient. We have to understand that we are in uncharted territory. Right. And that we are learning as we go. So when you hear a a new message come out, when you hear uh, a new recommendation come out, it gives the appearance that maybe they don't know what they're doing. That is not true. This is uncharted territory. We've never been here before. Right. Uh, And and I tell you, we will be prepared uh, uh, for for any other type of threat that comes our way. We're going to pray that that will never happen again. But there is a lot of work going on uh, at the state, federal, and local level. There are a lot of smart people who are uh, coming up with these recommendations. Uh, Those in the the, the health industry and the health field. And I think that it's important for us to listen to their recommendations.
1: What about what you're doing? There is a there is a thing yeah. that you're doing because the headquarters, as you said, is basically uh, shut down. Yes, sir. Right, mm-hmm. and people may still need help from police. That's so correct. explain again, with everybody watching this, mm-hmm. how the Baton Rouge Police Department is going to be functioning, and the sheriff will be here in a bit to talk about it from the sheriff's office perspective. Mm-hmm. But what is BRPD doing in this new normal of COVID nineteen?
4: Well, you know, we're trying to do our part uh, to avoid face-to-face interaction uh, uh, whenever possible, to reduce the likelihood of our officers uh, being exposed to the virus. Right. And and we're doing that through a number of ways. On non-emergency calls, uh, whether perpetrator or the suspect is not present. Right. Um, a dispatch will forward those calls to our telephone reporting unit. Yeah. And officers will be able to take uh, their report uh, over the phone as right. opposed to uh, in person. Uh, we have new technology in our real time crime center where we will be able to take those calls uh, by way of a video a conference right. similar to FaceTime. Yeah, it's just like FaceTime. So you'll see an officer. Yeah, he just won't be uh, directly in front of you.
1: So give me a scenario yep. when that ha- of how that what that sure, looks like.
4: Absolutely. So some of the scenarios. So we've identified what we call Code One calls for service. These are non-emergency calls. Okay, uh, where you don't necessarily need a uh, a police officer present to take that call. Examples will be. Um, non-injury minor crashes that are not blocking a roadway uh, where there is no disturbance between the drivers or occupants in the vehicle. Uh, where there's a regular
1: no, fender bender. That is correct.
4: Okay. Regular fender bender, non-injury, Right. no disturbance right. between the drivers and or any occupants in the vehicle where there's no drive impairment. Okay. no DWIs, a suspicion of DWIs and no vehicles that need to be told. So you're not blocking the roadway. And those type of calls, you can call the number 225-389-2000. If you want to see a police officer, he'll be able to send you a link uh, through our new real time crime center. Mm -hmm. And then that link will allow you to video conference with that police officer as he takes your report. Uh, we are encouraging everyone to do that. We do understand that we do have some uh, who are going to go to our districts. If you go to a district, you're going to have a sign. And here's an example of that sign and I want to show it to you right here. This is the sign that you will see when you go to the district. You will be able to take your telephone and place the picture right here on the uh, UCR call. Once you uh, take a picture of that, it will automatically link you to our real-time crime center, so you don't have to even walk into the district. Okay. okay, if you don't have a phone and you go to the district and you're unable to access uh, this through the code uh, by scanning it, then we have kiosks mm-hmm. at every district, with the exception of one, uh, and you'll be able to go and there's a touch screen where you will be able to speak with a police officer through video conference and take a report as well. So
1: if you're on the streets and it's a regular fender bender and something. Mm -hmm. How, how again, do they get access to that to be able to get somebody?
4: So it's two, you can actually call from your car and say, hey, I was in an accident. 389-2000. Exactly, and we'll ask you a few questions. Is anybody injured? Is any roadway? Okay, we're going to send you to our telephone reporting unit. That police officer will send you a link. You will click on that link and then that police officer will be speaking to you in your phone, just like FaceTime. Mm -hmm. He was able to take that report on the phone uh, and send you and uh, 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 send you on your way. And the same to the other uh, occupant of the other vehicles. And we'll be able to do that. But not just accidents. There are other reports. There are thefts uh, that we're going to be doing damage uh, vandalism or damage to property where the perpetrator is not present. Uh, misdemeanor theft cases, uh, excluding firearms where there's no recoverable evidence at the scene, we're going to take those over the phone. Damage to property, misdemeanors or felonies, we're going to take those over the phone. Non-domestic civil matters, we will not be sending anybody out. We will take those reports Explain over the phone. Explain what that. Is. Give us a layman's
1: example of what that
4: is. So a non-domestic, uh, you were a civil matter, you and your uh, a friend, and, 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 and you believe that uh, he owes you money right and we get these calls all the time it may not necessarily be a criminal matter right but these are the things that we have to resolve all the time it's a civil matter uh criminal mischief uh, yeah. obscenity annoying telephone calls a uh, fraud uh auto theft where there's no uh, recoverable evidence at the scene right we're going to take those over the phone uh, unauthorized use of a, a, a motor vehicle and mm-hmm. private property crashes you know you you you're in a Walgreens parking lot, or Walmart, and you back up and hit my vehicle. We're going to take that over the phone. We're not going to send a police officer.
1: Out. However, if somebody throws a punch, that's a whole different that's thing. That's a different story. Right. We will send someone. And when there is a situation where there is real danger, you are still encouraging people to call nine one one. Absolutely. We're only talking about code 1. Code
4: yeah. 1 are non-emergency calls. So any call for service that is deemed non-violent, non-violent, or a suspect is no longer on the scene. Or or there's a threat to the victim. Right. Okay. So there's a lot of discretion. What are things that was important for us to make sure that uh, uh, with our real time crime center, you know, we are above a lot of agencies. We actually started this as part of our real time crime center. Right. So we already had the ball rolling when it comes to this technology. Yeah. But it's also important to have a supervisor there. So there will be supervisors, a commander as well, that will be looking at the calls for service and making that determination when we actually need to send someone. But a code two, if there's any incident, whether it's minor, misdemeanor or not, where it's escalating, whether it's argument, disagreement you're getting a police officer. I want to make sure we're clear on that.
1: Somebody asked what kind of PPE, Amanda asked what kind of PPE is available to officers who actually do have contact with people. You know, the the personal protection equipment that we've talked about in hospitals that nurses and doctors are Mm -hmm. in such desperate need of. That's a very good question. What what do officers have?
4: So all that stuff I mentioned earlier Mm -hmm. uh, has been issued out to the field. Uh, Right now we're trying to make sure that every person have it right now we're making sure uniform patrol is the priority Mm -hmm. Uh, so some of our detectives and others may not necessarily have it right now but it's coming in every day you know uh, we we are uh, in conference calls we're hearing uh, someone picked up on it here if we here's our message if you see it we go by yeah right so we've been doing that so we're starting to get it uh, into the hands but as you well know a lot of this is going to run out So we have to have more. We have a back order right now on uh, sanitizer. We have it on um, masks. But one of the things I talked earlier, we've identified about 105 gas masks. Uh, I think we have about 225 filters. Uh, And those are the ones that we're going to be using. We've uh, reassigned that to each district. I believe there's three of those in each district to be issued when we have calls for services where there was a known mm-hmm. uh, positive, so that gives them that extra layer of PPE when they're responding.
1: I have had a number of questions in here about curfew, and I know people are still joining right now. And, and by the way, we're encouraging questions uh, in as in as long as we do this. the chief and the sheriff will be here shortly the mayor was scheduled to be with us today but because of the first fatality in town and some shifting priorities she couldn't be here and i'm sure everybody understands she's got a lot on the plate right now as does the chief and the sheriff but uh and but this was kind of not long before we were coming on that that we found out curfew Mm -hmm. people a lot of questions about curfew there isn't a curfew now so let me help everybody out by asking this question under what circumstances can you foresee a decision about a curfew being considered and then made so
4: the stay at home order takes effect today I at believe. five o'clock five o'clock today yeah so we believe that our community just like we've done on the uh, other uh emergency times are going to comply mm-hmm. they're going to listen they're going to follow the directive uh, that's why uh, pushing this awareness and education and importance of, right. of listening is so important so we believe they are however if we see that uh, there is a, a, a lot of individuals within our community who are not paying attention, then then we're going to have those conversations. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things the sheriff, the mayor and I, we've had these discussions about uh, a curfew and uh, we will pull that, uh, make that decision uh, if we see that there's a lack of compliance.
1: So. You don't know anything at this moment now because it keeps coming up, and and I think people are nervous about it. Oh, we're going to see. I
4: mean, we yeah. don't. We, we we hope that people are going to listen to the directive that the governor ha- has issued out. You know, one of the things uh, the city of Baton Rouge it, it it makes no sense for the city to issue a a um, uh, a curfew violation when the rest of the parish. Is. So we, the sheriff and I, will be united in that effort. That if we issue it, it will be parish wide. Yeah. And it's important for us to do that. So we're going to see, uh, look, this is evolving. This is uh, unprecedented territory. We're going to see how the order goes today. And uh, we will reevaluate that just like uh, we do every day um, with this rapidly changing environment.
1: There have been a number of questions, a couple of them. (laughs) I won't read about the the minister. (laughs) Well, that's not in the city. Let me let
4: me be clear about that. That's not in the city. Okay, that is not in the city. Okay, that's, I, yeah, I, I will
3: stress uh,
1: that. But you spoke about that earlier. That that no, that is out of compliance with what the governor has asked it is. to just re- reiterate what you said earlier. Yep. Uh, somebody's asking about roadblocks. No, they're, they're no. likely not going to be any, any roadblocks. Nope. Um, you know, it, what about your officers? We talked about this Friday in the podcast mm. uh, and somebody said, we're sitting too close. <laughs> Actually, that's about five and a half. <laughs> that's, yes. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's enough. That's enough space. I had Lysol or something around here to spray him yeah. if he yeah. coughs, but yeah. Your officers yeah. are are husbands and and fathers and wives and mothers, and they're going and interacting with their families when they're yeah. off duty, and they're have to having to go back to their homes and their neighborhoods. What about that? Kind of talk. You've got almost a thousand employees in the department. Kind yep. of talk about that.
4: Well, look, there's a lot of anxiety and stress uh, that goes along with that. You know, the last thing uh, any one of our police officers or or any first responder wants to do is go out and do their job. And then bring something home To their family And in the home's way So that's not why Now we are uh, uh, Sending surveys out To all of our employees We're going to be testing uh, uh, All of our employees as well To uh the thermometers, uh that's one of the orders I didn't talk about. They're mm-hmm. coming in. We just got some in uh this weekend, thanks our union. The police union help us get that. Yeah. Uh so we're gonna make sure that we're pushing that out. Uh and, and we should have enough to cover uh all of the buildings uh where our police officers uh, go. But it was important. So what we do, we have a health and safety section. Yeah. And uh within the health and safety section is our wellness program. Uh, where we have our peer support team mm-hmm. and we have been very uh, we've been pushing out information to our officers not only for them but for their families. We've been pushing brochures what to look for, what to expect and creating this environment where when they need help please call. Yeah. Uh, so that's the stress and anxiety that goes along with that. We've right. put out numbers uh, right. uh, that they can call for, for support. Uh, we talked about that this morning mm-hmm. in our commander's meeting. But on top of that, we also want to make sure that uh, uh, we take care of our officers. One is the PPE. Uh, We're not hearing that just here, but all over the country. That's been one of the biggest uh, uh, items that come up, issues that there was not enough personal protection equipment Mm -hmm. for the first responders. So we're trying to do that. The other thing that we're doing is making sure that we provide a, a process in place so our first responders can get tested uh, uh, early when when they're uh, uh, demonstrating uh, uh, symptoms of of of, uh, of this virus, and when that happens, that we provide a place for them to stay when right. they're either self quarantined, self isolated, or if they're positive and have to be quarantined, we're going to make sure we do that. Now we do understand that there are some who want to go home and have made. Uh, accommodations in their houses to quarantine at home uh, yeah. we've heard some guys have a mother-in-law you know apartment or, or separate uh, facilities uh, separate uh, uh, sleeping quarters and they'll do that but we don't want them to have to do that uh, we want to provide that form so we've identified a place uh, at the Baton Rouge Police Department that we're working on uh, Doesn't quite meet the standards yet, uh, but but we still work. And in fact, we got briefed on it now that those facilities are are, are getting better. But we have we have uh, had a situation where we've had to um, um, uh, social distance uh, someone uh, who was in the department in the department. Okay, and uh, we did that, and we made sure we took care of him. Was there a test? uh, no, there was no test. There was no test.
1: Just believed that uh, that that contact had, with someone yeah. who was symptomatic. Okay. Yes. Okay. And how long ago was that?
4: Um, I'm not going to get into details okay. on that, but it was recently. Okay. <laughs> Within the past week. Can okay. I say that? Yeah. Uh,
1: and yeah. and somebody's asking, and this is a point that I've heard come up yeah. a few times, and I do think it's worth dressing something that uh, that Susan referred to as it relates to this, the 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 pastor and having all the people there and i've had people say that what about someone's first amendment right their constitutional right yep. to be able to assemble and 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 all of these things so it's fair to say that the pastor is not going to be arrested right the governor has asked for people to not gather in groups of larger than 10 but there is no enforcement aspect to this or is there
4: there is there uh, is absolutely so let's let's get one thing clear the governor has the right to issue a proclamation. There are laws. There are laws that uh, govern uh, uh, this. And when there are exigent circumstances like we are now, yeah, uh, there are laws that uh, the governor uh, uh, and municipalities mm-hmm. can can enforce Uh uh, these type of rules It's not normal In yeah. this particular one I don't I, In my years uh, In law enforcement I've never seen this before Okay uh, But look Title Title uh, 29 And this is what you listen Louisiana Revised statute Title 29 Colon 724 That's LRS 29 Colon 724 E that particular legislation, 729, uh, 729, 724, gives the governor the authority to issue executive orders, proclamations, and regulations in times, it's particularly uh, public health emergencies like this. So, this is definitely applicable. Uh, another- so, could you
1: quote that uh, that statute again? The, yeah, the, the-
4: that is LRS uh, 29, colon, 724, Okay. And so, and
1: so under that, the governor has the authority mm-hmm. to tell people in what number they can they can assemble well, based upon
4: these circumstances. He can give proclamation. He can give directions okay. uh, um, based on the emergency situation. So, so, so let's so let's pro- but, sorry, go. Ahead, go
1: ahead. So let's say somebody near that church and, mm-hmm. and it's not in the city of baton rouge but let's use a scenario here let's say within your jurisdiction as the top law enforcement officer somebody calls and says hey there are 150 people over here at a barbecue or in a church service and the governor says they can't be in this number and they call you call the department what happens then
4: well, look, you're going to look at these things on a case by case basis. I believe in most cases when that happens, that uh, we, we have a team, uh, individuals in place because we've had that <laughs> where we are able to resolve that matter for the greater good of everybody. Right. And they're able to leave peacefully. It is a misdemeanor. So there there is uh, uh, a penalty that goes along with it. Uh, You can also look at Title 14, that's Louisiana Revised Statute, Title 14 colon 329.6, and that's the proclamation of a state emergency. Uh, That is another statute that your viewers can look at. That's Louisiana Revised Statute, 14 colon uh, 329.6. So when people say that the governor does not have the authority to do that, that is absolutely not true. And it's sad when we have elected officials and leaders out there that are making those type of quotes. And look, they bring influence to the table when they do that. And there are people who are listening to them because they have a a following or an audience of people who think they're reputable. And they're saying this and they can just Google the laws just like uh, uh, your listeners are going to do when they hear oh, me. Oh, there's no question about it. Yeah, I'm sure some people check it well out You right have well-informed listeners, but yeah. the, he does have the authority to do that. And there are statutes that uh, applies to this.
1: Charles is asking, is there an opportunity for retired police officers to volunteer as support to the department?
4: Uh, so, uh, good question. Uh, we do have our reserve officer program. Uh, where well, we were starting that prior to this uh, incident uh, happening. Um, and we will be reaching out, uh, to those, um, uh, retirees, uh, at the appropriate time. I think what's going on right now, and I want to be very careful as we look at these numbers increase, uh, we were starting to get information from other law enforcement agencies across America where first responders are starting to test positive, um, yeah. Um, um, police officers, EMS, uh, right. fire uh, across the country. Uh, I think I've read a few reports where there's some police who have uh, police officers in, in quarantine because right. they were exposed. So that's a resource that uh, is going to be part of our plan any event we start quarantining officers. Because mm-hmm. look, here's the fact. We still have to have police officers out there to police. Uh, right and uh there's a percentage uh there's a plan that we have in place when it reaches certain percentage levels and we lose police officers we're pulling from specialized divisions yeah. and if those numbers get to that point then we'll definitely be uh reaching out to uh to retirees
1: it's interesting because of the 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 nature of how information is shared now and that does impact how people comply yes sir so You know, what about people who want information about the department, the do's, the don'ts, some of what you said? I know the department is going to be posting some of this. That's correct. What about that?
4: Yeah, we're going to be uh, uh, posting this. uh, What to do in the event you're involved in an accident or you want to report a crime to call 225-389-2000. We'll forward you to our telephone reporting unit. Uh, You're going to start seeing more information being pushed out from reputable. And I got to say that from sites because there's too much misinformation out there. Mm -hmm. Mayor's done a great job. The governor's office is doing a great job. So if you see our social media platforms, you're going to see us reposting a lot of the information that we were there. But to follow up on the other question uh, that your caller, uh, that one of your responders uh, listeners had, we we have an academy class that was supposed to start on March the 30th. March Mm -hmm. the 30th. We... Uh, uh, suspended that class right now because of its current situation. But what we did is we offered all of those uh, uh, applicants uh, 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 early uh, uh, an early uh, job offer. Yeah. Uh, so there is an orientation tomorrow. We had about twenty nine, I believe, that accepted uh, early ret- or uh, this early offer to come, and and we're going to be uh, expediting the hiring of those twenty nine mm-hmm. future police officers, and we're going to be using them in a support role uh, while we get through that. So that's twenty nine uh, more young uh, trainees uh, that want to serve that are going to be uh, hired tomorrow. All right. we're That's going awesome. to take them through orientation Yeah, uh, we're going to be using them I think it's EMS is going to be coming in and training them on how to test employees mm-hmm. so when people when our officers are those who are considered um, uh, critical personnel who are going to be coming to work they're going to be doing the testing asking questions yeah. and checking temperatures for a thermometer through, through the use of a thermometer
1: there was last week a couple of different shootings and, and one of them was a couple mm-hmm. shootings over a couple of hours yep. and so that caught people 's attention, yeah the weekend was relatively quiet uh we had a few you no
4: know, we had a few couple of incidents so, and-
1: so so let's 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 go through that like so pe- if people want to know how the city is doing if they're watching from some other place and wondering how things are back here, what about that
4: yeah and and we've made arrests I think uh we we made a sent a Center press conference uh, a press release out this morning uh that we made it uh, last night i'm sorry that we made an arrest. <laughs> On one of those, it was an argument uh, yep. at, at a business. Uh, the, the other one, I believe, were inside of a house. Yep, uh, shooting incident. Uh, but one of the things, look, we still have the police. Yep, we still have the police. Uh, th- there are some things that I cannot talk about openly that sure. we've done. Yep, um, to 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 help uh, what we believe uh, that you know uh, potential shootings yep. uh, that, that could have been preventing, and we still have to do that. Our streets crime unit, our uh, intelligence unit uh, uh, doing their job and our detectives. Let me tell you, we got some of the best detectives uh, and they're out there doing that uh, and, and we're going to continue to do that uh, in, in this stage. We still have the police and that's that's one of the things to challenge of this, you know, uh, our first we don't get to go home. Our police officers don't get to go home
1: like like nurses and doctors absolutely. who are also rock stars in this rock absolutely. stars in this. What about domestic incidents? Well, because people are home so absolutely. much. Absolutely,
4: And I was going to say that. That's why, uh, you know, we, we talked this morning about uh, as what we believe is going to happen is we increase uh, the calls uh, going into our telephone reporting unit because we are actually going to be taking these calls right. over the phone Okay, that's less calls our police officers who are out there patrolling mm-hmm. are going to have to respond to. Okay, So that should increase opportunities for proactive patrol, for directed patrol, making sure that our officers in those areas. So you won't have as much interaction with those officers because they're not responding to reports. But Uh, They will respond to some, but not as many as before. But you're going to have increase in coverage in the city. So more visibility because we are forwarding those calls to the telephone reporting unit.
1: So if you're watching right now on Facebook, you saw that the sheriff just walked into the room. And if you're listening on the podcast, you'll be able to hear us. Yes. Go through questions. So, Sheriff, one thing that we have talked about a, a great deal here since we started streaming and giving people an opportunity to ask questions has been about the 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 pastor that, that we talked about that on Friday and people are asking about that and I, I just want to know if you have any update that you want to give people the public about what's going on with that
2: well certainly we very very disappointed uh in, in his decision to continue to hold large gatherings at his church uh, listen Clay, you know me, and, and mm-hmm. most people that's listening know me. I'm a Christian. Uh, Jesus Christ is my Lord and Savior. And this is certainly a time that we need to come together, uh, faith based community. And it's certainly a time that we all need to pray. Uh, God's still in control, and He'll get us out of this. But I think it's very irresponsible uh, just to totally ignore what healthcare professionals, what the government is saying.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, and, you know, that's in the Bible. You know, you should uh, adhere to, to uh, government at, at, when lawful things are occurring, and, and uh, that's certainly no different here. You know, uh, I was listening to Joel Osteen yesterday while I was riding in my truck, and, you know, Joel says, said it well. He said, you know, uh, and I think most pastors, the vast majority of them the mo- in the faith-based community, are adhering to this. They realize the seriousness of this is not a hoax. Right. Uh, it is not a government conspiracy. This is a very real thing. Yeah. Uh, and if we all do our part, uh, which includes all of us, including the faith-based community, uh, we'll do it, but but there's so many alternatives, you know, to to worshiping. Uh, people are doing it live, broadcast, podcast. Yeah. Uh, they're doing it on radio. They're doing it on TV, uh, and and you know, my the God I worship, I can have a talk with Him anytime, <laughs> anywhere, any place. I can worship Him. I can uh, pray to Him uh, anywhere, and you know. our churches are sacred to us Uh, they are and they are special places to be but in times like this we've got to use good common sense so uh, you know, I don't know if this can continue, but with that particular pastor, they're bussing people in. They've got a bus full of people coming in. Uh, and this weekend, they probably had around 500 people out there, so, which is indirect. Uh, and, and they weren't all set, uh, socially separated, like we we'll told them to keep social distance. And, uh, you know, it's really sad because, you know, I know the last thing he would want is to have his congregation. You know, he's he's a – he. He he's a pastor of his flock, uh-huh. and you know you don't want to lose your sheep because you did something that God God didn't necessarily want you to do. Uh, but I look at pastors uh, and, and men and women in 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 the ministry; uh, they're somewhat first responders, but. And I look at them in that way because in times like this, they have to pastor too. They've got to uh, give guidance. They've yeah. got to give spiritual leadership to people to help them uh, deal with this. But, uh, you know, you can do so without having to bring all your congregation in. And, and thank God and most of them are adhering to that.
1: So what do you do, though, if, if a week from yesterday there is another one of these church services?
2: Well— I've talked to the governor. I've talked to Kevin Reeves with state police. I've talked with uh, Butch Browning with the fire marshal, and, and, and Chief Paul and I have had. You know, I would hate to think that one of the motivations here is to have a confrontation with us. Uh, and, and, and Wait a minute. Say that again. I, I would hate to think oh, okay. that one of the most motivations here might be a, might to have a, a television moment and have a conversation with us. And no, it's none of our intention to go pull people out of church, put handcuffs on people. That's not it. But there's other ways that the state could shut that down if, yeah. they, if they have to. How? Well, they could shut the building down, for that matter. You know, they can, they can, the the, the city parish, they could uh, re, uh, recall their permits on, on things like that, and on the building and having gatherings like that. So there's other things now. Now, whether or not that it, that particular individual or, or others, but he's the only one out that I'm really aware of. Uh, it, it, they could say I'm not gonna. I'm, well, if they do that, I'm still gonna do it. And uh, it's unfortunate, but at some point, uh, I think uh, some action will probably have to be taken against him. And none of us want that. Yeah, we don't I, want
1: that. I don't. I don't like how that sounds. So the chief talked about the Baton Rouge Police Department and what they're doing as it relates to his officers who are interacting with the public they serve every day. What about the sheriff's office?
2: We're doing the same thing. And I, I walked in when the chief was. Uh, talking and he and i have talked we what we don't want to do i mean we might have to at some time with different procedures that we have but for the most part we want to say stay in concert you know we whatever the baton reach pd is going to do in, in in serving the public we want to do the same and vice versa mm-hmm. because we don't want to confuse people any more than they already are but uh you know we're doing what he he mentioned when i walked in uh you know, we're limiting all calls that is not absolutely necessary. Yeah. Uh, we're asking people uh, if they can take – we can take a call over the phone and it's not life-threatening or not further damage to property or whatever. Yeah. That if there's any – those kind of calls that are really mm-hmm. not what we call non-code 2 or non-code 3 card calls uh, – yeah that, that we be able to take those calls over the phone and limit our exposure with the public and the pu- exp- public's exposure with us. So we're doing that, uh, and I just left. We're having staff meetings every day, and I just left my staff meeting. Uh, and we, we we reiterated that, and we looked at things. I, I know one thing we're going to do. Uh, if, if you have a minor fender bender in a parking lot, uh, that really, all that does is require a... a uh, a report be written. Now if there's violence involved or something else, extenuating circumstances, certainly we're gonna we're gonna respond to that. But if it's just taking Information over the phone that they can have to turn into their insurance. We're going to do that, but I can assure the public, and I'm sure Chief Paul's already done it on his end. We are going to be there to do our jobs to serve and protect the the, the citizens of this parish. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, uh, you know, we, we haven't had to go into full-blown emergency. Uh, uh, mode, uh, we're prepared to do so yeah. uh, if if it if it elevates to that level. But hopefully, if people will just use common sense and stay at home and stay off the streets and not go have a basketball game at the gym, and I saw they put uh, regulations on that today that then there'll be the Breck Parks are shut down and so. So forth.
1: Some, someone just asked a question about that. Um, Chris says he understands there's, that there's been an announcement that breck is closing all parks he says being that it's an outdoor area uh, that has adequate space for social distancing shouldn't there shouldn't those areas remain open do you foresee a time in the near future that citizens will be mandated to stay indoors uh, the majority of the quarantine time there's a bunch of things in that but about the breck park and being outside and things of that nature
2: I think I think you know as long as this thing keeps g- growing and as long as that g- graph still goes up. I saw just at, at noon uh, the state released figures that uh, we're now up to almost 1,200 uh, cases, uh, confirmed cases in the state, and uh, and we also uh, have 43 confirmed cases here in East Benton Rouge Parish, mm-hmm. and I know we've had our fourth First death.
1: Step. You you have some of those numbers right about the we were talking about that the the area numbers that people i'm sure where can people go if they want to because you know the mayor's office is posting that and i'm sure you're putting it out but where can people go if they want to find a more current or at least recent tally of what's happening in louisiana and specifically in the capital region
4: if you go to ldh.la.gov that's the louisiana department of hospitals uh they uh uh, keep up with the, uh, the the public health, or you can go to our website at uh, uh, the, the city of Baton Rouge uh, uh, dot gov slash uh, coronavirus. Mm-hmm. And there's a link to the Louisiana department of health. But if you go to the Louisiana department of, he- of, he- department of health website, uh, they keep those numbers uh, by parish, by death, uh, how many died in each parish, uh, how many cases are reported, in the state, how many deaths in the state and then they they break it down by parish.
1: So the chief was talking about this right before you walked in and, and he was talking through how things have been within the city limits since People have been asked to hunker down and be at their homes. What about in the outer lying areas that that the sheriff's office is is mostly patrolling? How has it been?
2: Uh, It's been the same. You know, people have dropped. they have staying at home. There's a lot more less traffic on the roads. And we've been monitoring that. 24 hours and you know especially in the dark hours we don't we don't see hardly any traffic on the streets and uh, it's really curtailed a lot and I think the majority of people out there uh, realize the seriousness of this Uh, they don't want to to, to contact this disease They don't want to have it In their family And certainly I think more and more Young people are realizing That this, this You think? Uh, yes I think they are But not as much As need to be uh, I can tell you But 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 it's like I, I, I told my own grandson I told you that The other day mm-hmm. Clay You know It's the biggest carrier of the disease are those young people, but chances are they might not have any symptoms, and, and they might have a real bad case, but yeah. they're gonna, they probably gonna survive. But we see some that aren't surviving, and but I, I was listening to a deal last night, uh, with Dr. Gupta, and them on 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 the news, and I've talked to. Uh, the, the doctor here at, that's doing all the stuff for EMS and everything, and he's changing our policies as we speak to, yeah. to meet the needs. Uh, but even the young people, even though they survive, they can go away with severe damage to their lungs. Right, and they'll be carrying that the rest of their life. But uh, I think I think some of the ones I'm talking to, they they're starting to realize and tell me, Mister Sid or, or Papa or whoever, uh, I. You know, I, I understand more now. I understand you don't want to get it. I, yeah. I told my my grandkids you don't want to go out there. And in, and of course we're all hunkered down at home. Sure. But but they understand it now, and they don't want to go get get the yeah. virus, bring it back to me or, or their grandmother, right. or, and and then lose us, You know. Yeah. yeah.
1: Some of what I saw in Miami was was embarrassing and disappointing about the beach oh man Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i mean it's yeah that's right social media is not a place where a lot of people show their best traits no i mean you know i would
4: would like to follow up on something you were saying earlier because you know when you talk about uh, these type of emergency incidents it takes me back to 2016 Mm
3: -hmm.
4: and you know our community saw a spike in um, domestic and dating Yeah, violence, we talked about that a second ago. Cases after the flood of 2016. Right. Um, and in the past week, we already see uh, a spike in, in, in these cases. There's a rise that we're seeing. That's why it's important for us to understand, you know, and there's so much anxiety and mm-hmm. fear. And, and then you take that into asking the community to social distance and, you know, they're, they're, they're at home. Yeah. Look, there's help out there. And I, and I want to highlight the, the, the Louisiana uh, Department of Health. Uh, the Department of Health offers uh, anonymous counseling services to anyone that may be feeling overwhelmed uh, about the uh, the COVID-19 outbreak. That number is one eight six six three one zero seven nine seven seven. One more time. That's one eight six six dash 7977 Uh, It is important to empty that cup of stress. You're not taking it out on your loved ones. So we ask that. But another thing that really concerns me, I'm also seeing a spike in overdoses. You know, we came off of a year last year where we had uh, uh, we set a record in, in overdoses. And already, uh, when I last looked, I think we've had 16 at this point more overdoses than last year, and last year was a record number. Wow! For the parish, uh, so you know, I yeah. you know, people f- use different ways to cope. Mm-hmm. There's help out there. If you have a family member, a loved one, if one of your listeners are suffering from that monster called addiction, please, please get help because we're already seeing spike in those two categories.
1: Well, I mean, that's, that's great information. And from the sheriff's uh, sheriff's office standpoint, is there any information you want to get out? We'll, we'll probably go another 15 minutes, guys. If you got questions, get them in here. And I'm going to get Kayla to come in and shut this down uh, after that. But any information that you want to get out?
2: No, just, just to people to just, uh, stay in their comfort zone, stay at home, you know, uh, uh, don't let fear consume you, but 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 you know be vigilant. Use mm-hmm. common sense. Keep cooperating with 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 authority and uh, and and just pray. You know we, yeah. we're going to get through this. We are going to get through it. There's yeah. gonna, there's there's light at the end of the tunnel, and sooner or later. But we're not there yet, and there's still a lot of unknowns. And until those things become. Uh, you know, or revealed to us as far as medicines and vaccines and and who and what's going to help people in in fighting this disease. I think we're going to still have to be in the mode that we're in. Um, you know, I, I I'd mentioned I'm going to go back to the faith base. I'm going I'm to have a uh, a uh, conference call with all the pastors that we can. Identify in East Baton Rouge Parish. Tony Perkins is helping me do it. My two uh, chaplains, Ken Ellis and Gordon Atwell, they're 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 going to help me. But we want we want to thank those individuals who are out there taking care of their their parishioners, taking care of their church goers, but understanding that we're all in this together and we have to work in this together. And I want to answer any questions that they may have. So hopefully
1: that'll help. We were having this conversation. I I was in a meeting earlier this morning and it came up about the connectivity between like when you were here Friday, y'all talked about how, how you talk. I mean, you both have your agencies respectively to run, but you coordinate with one another. How about from the level of the governor's office and through the mayor's office and with you, if people are wondering how, what that working relationship looks like, how is it functioning to make certain that information is consistent? Could y'all talk through that a little yes. bit?
4: So for us, it's, it's through Mosep, uh, the, 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 through the, um, the mayor's office. We get all our information, and, and they're uh, constantly in constant conversation with the governor, uh, his staff, and, 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 and all those who work in at Gosep. Uh, following this uh this this tragedy and look that's why that's important you know when we when we have our daily briefings with the mayor I have uh Baton Rouge police officers there Mm -hmm. we have uh, uh all your first responders are there uh all of those in Mosep uh and I think it was important and I talked about the you know the mayor when I see her get out in front of a lot of these things um Uh, I believe it was over a week ago that she was meeting with all the faith-based leaders. I mean, the room was packed and we we talked about here's what you're going to expect, Uh, you know, the importance of following uh, these uh, uh, directives. And I think that I I believe that's why we have a lot of compliance in the city from our faith-based leaders because I hope that Um, that that message and those who were there. uh, And and actually, she welcomed and and encouraged online services like we're seeing all over the place. So I think a lot of that is help. Uh, But that constant flow of communication is not happening once a day. It's happening throughout the day and twice during two formal settings uh, where we actually have conference calls with the mayor's office. And, you know, uh,
2: uh, the time to build relationships is not during these times of crisis it's, time, it's when we're at rest and when things are going uh, like they should be and I know uh, the mayor and I have talked about it a lot mm-hmm. and, and Chief has too these relationships weren't formed just today you know they've been built upon for years and years and years and when you have that kind of relationship you have that open door you have that communication things go a lot better mm-hmm. as far as the sheriff's office we're in in, in direct contact, not only with Mosep, and we get a lot of the information from Mosep, but we also have people at GoSup as well right. uh, at the governor's deal to to go that. But uh, you know, I, so far, I'm very proud of the response. You know, and I'm gonna mention this real quick. I don't know if you mentioned it, chief, but about curfew because that's a lot of things. Well, we <laughs> people yeah. asked
1: a bunch of questions about
2: it. Yeah. Well, I can tell you we. We, we've got everything in place if we need to do that but we're doing what we're doing is is monitoring all our calls for service seeing if those uh, uh, violent crimes, seeing if those crimes against p- property are going up and at some point if that goes up and it, and it gets to to the level we think we need to call on I can promise you that between the mayor me and in and, and the chief that'll be done but it's not on the table yet and hopefully it won't be if people do what so they're doing
1: what does what does that then and, and we'll stop in a couple of minutes here so she said what does that look like if you say because i'm sure everybody wonder okay is wondering what does that mean so what does that look like if if you put it out okay there's now a curfew it obviously in the case of a storm it means after this time nobody can be on the streets That's right. but in this virus heavy situation what does that mean
2: well it, it it means that people are not adhering to what the go- the mayor and the, go- the governor is asking them to do, and stay in, and stay out of groups, and if those that gets out of hand, and and we it's not being uh, addressed mm-hmm. through normal procedures, then certainly uh, a curfew that's going to drive a curfew to say that we we're going to have a curfew and make sure everybody's in, uh, and also the the crime level if the crime level uh, shoots up. Their, uh, Boundary City Police is monitoring. The Sheriff's Office is monitoring. And if that shoots up, then that's another driving force as to why you may have to have a curfew.
1: But there is no sign of of that at the moment, though, right? That that there has been a,
2: not an outrageous on, Not leak. on, not on us. Not on our level. There is. I mean, we've got, you know, I mean, you got shootings and stuff that are occurring. But that I don't think any of that is. And, Chief, you know better than me on that because, uh, unfortunately, m- more have happened in the city than out. But I, I don't see any correlation between this co- coronavirus and that. I think that's probably some p- problems we've already have that we need to address.
4: Yeah, I, I agree with that. And, but I'm Other do- than domestic, we have seen some increases. Yeah, in some and you're going
2: to see that. Incidents. every every. Yeah. We talked about that this morning, Steve. I mean, every— mm-hmm natural disaster crisis that we've had, you always see increases. And I, I don't know why, maybe people getting cooped up in the house, whatever, mm-hmm. but domestic violence calls get or go on the rise. But I got one observation I want to make. Okay. I can see the, what the future is bringing. Okay. The day is coming when we will see the Murphy Paul radio show. <laughs> Hey, I want to tell everybody that we all, everybody's going to be safe on call one <laughs>
1: I got it. He's, <laughs> I know where he was going. No, 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 now. I didn't, I, I did not either. That was because before we started recording the interview on Friday, you said you wanted to see who had the deepest voice. <laughs> and so that didn't make it into the, and I've heard from a lot of people about the woman's hospital comment did that you, you made. Uh, and so where were most of them born? Well, no, that's not what I mean. I, I mean, yeah. people just, they thought it was funny that you brought that up though.
4: That, that, that was the beginning.
1: So tell people about that if they're if they're watching this on I think it's a it's good time, place to end I, with something on I think it's time to break Is it? <laughs> so.
4: You know, when a lot of people don't realize... Well, most people do realize it, but they don't pay attention. Every time somebody passes our building, uh, they're smiling. And I was wondering, why do they smile?
1: Because most of them were born at Women's Hospital. So so everybody's so, in the loop. The, the so. Baton Rouge Police Department headquarters used to be the original <laughs> Women's Hospital. That's right. And the chief is saying what again now? That every time... Someone passes
4: our beautiful building, they look over and they smile because that's where most who live in our capital area were born. At Woman's Hospital, the beginning. Listen, the Baton Rouge Police hey, Department. we're still. I'm here not. For no, you. no, no, no. I'm no, not commenting. No.
1: He shut that down on Friday, but we can't. We can no, no, we can't I will go. No no, you. I will no, 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 no. No, you. no need. I would not do that. But I tell you what, he shut it down, That's we right. can't. We can't say it. So, if listen, if if you're watching this and this was helpful, uh, you know, you, you can get information again. In which way? Tell them how they can get information from your respective agencies if they if they want.
4: Follow the mayor's office on all social media platforms. You can follow us. We're on Twitter as well as Facebook. You can get any information from the Louisiana Department of Health as it relates to updated information on the coronavirus. Uh, and that's how you can get that information.
2: And I, I would just echo that. Uh, you know, you can go online with the governor's office. You can go online with the mayor's office, and they got all the information you need as, as w- what the coronavirus is, what what you should do to protect yourself, and, and and all of the figures, the latest figures as far as the number of cases and the number of uh, uh, fatalities associated with it. But you can also get that on, on their website mm-hmm. Baton Rouge City hours, as the chief just said and we're updating that daily right. well
1: it, as information comes out and you know we do the podcast that's recorded and posted on podcast 225.com iTunes the Apple podcast app and now iHeart uh, media app we can do more of this if you guys yeah. want to get um, i it, it took the coronavirus for me to do my first ever yeah. facebook live video and that's about all that there's going to be is something like this but yeah. thank you all both for what you're doing thank and you, a lot Lane. a lot of the yeah. comments have been about law enforcement and people's concern about first responders and please everybody remember the nurses and doctors Absolutely. who are who are they're on their tour of duty every day too that's
2: what i want to say we were talking about it around the office for the last uh, day and fact we started talking okay. about it last week but if you want to know the true heroes, yeah. it's the men and women who serve in the healthcare profession because yeah. they are they're putting themselves in harm's way daily, hourly, minute, every minute to To go help us, yep. to help all of us and yep. our families and people they don't know. Just like it's it, that's why I call them first responders. Just like law enforcement, yep. you know, firemen, EMS. We 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 go to that. But those people are really and and I just ask that everybody pray yep. for the scientists and the doctors and and both uh, public and and also privately that are working so feverishly to try to come up with some some
1: some uh, medicine to treat this and a cure for it we need it but i think we'll get through we'll get through this we'll get to the other side of we this will. all right and so with that we appreciate everybody watching on facebook live i'll get kayla to shut that down good back to wrap up in just a second podcasts have become a great way to get radio on demand if you've wanted your own podcast the time to call us is now This year, Podcast 225 will be launching new shows and yours can be one of them. You won't have to build your own website and you'll be able to use professional broadcast equipment that will make your show sound amazing. If you'd like to know more, call 225-214-1550. That's 225-214-1550 be a part of the on-demand audio movement today.
3: Executone of Louisiana has been helping businesses in Baton Rouge save money on their telecommunications for over 40 years. Executone will help businesses upgrade their phones, their intercom system, save money, and never have to worry about local customer support. Doctors' offices, hospitals, schools, businesses, it doesn't matter. All kind have depended on the good people at Executone to upgrade technology and save money. I have a question for you. Do you like saving money? Sure, of course you do. Here's another one. Do you want to keep the most up to date phone and intercom technology while saving money. That's what it's all about. That's a no brainer. Don't get sucked in by out of town companies who are not here if you need technical support. Executone has been here and they believe in the value of customer service, baby. do take my word for it. Give them a call, 225 295 3500. That's 295 3500. of them up. ExecutoneLA.com. Executone of Louisiana. They still here. And they're going to continue to give you great service.
0: This is the Clay Young Show.
1: I hope that helped. It was good having the chief and the sheriff in studio as we discussed the aftermath of what the governor talked about at his press conference yesterday and... There was so much information that he gave and we wanted to respond to it because people were asking questions about martial law again and what was going on and how law enforcement was going to carry out the governor's wishes as it relates to COVID-19 and staying at home. And so we may do more of those in the future if, if the necessity is there. I'd love your feedback on how this first one went. I really would. So you can watch the whole thing. If you're not uh, someone who subscribes or follows me on social media, you can see it if you're on Facebook, the entire conversation with the chief and then the sheriff. Thank you so much for being with us. I think we've taken a lot of your time. Hopefully that information was great. There is more to come here. You guys stay safe. By the way, I forgot. I can't get out of here without doing this. The comments that we're getting on social media are helpful. At Clay Young BR on Twitter, Clay Young on Facebook clay underscore young br on instagram and the email address is clay at podcast 225.com a shout out to james neil kayla corporal douglas sergeants mcneely and coppola Candace simeon thank you so much Candace. i appreciate it uh, chief paul and the sheriff and everyone who helped pull this together thank y'all so much And we'll catch you next time here on the Clay
0: Young Show. Thanks for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Clay Young Show.